and then Cameron, you just want to make sure that the thing is recording. I see stuff happening. Perfect. That's stuff is good. Um, all right. Oh shit! And Wait, monitoring to... needs to be off. Wait, it's okay. Oh, okay. I think it's fine, right? Are you seeing sound waves populate? Uh, on your thing? yes, kind of small ones, okay. but probably yes. that's fine. Yeah, they should be small mostly. Yeah. All right. Cool. Clap sync in three, two, one. All right. We're so back. Zoe's editing this podcast. <laughs> Thank you for announcing that straight at the <laughs> yeah, front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, I just posted a picture of a hamburger aspic that I just found. Jesus Christ, um, no. So enjoy that. Um, oh. Friendos. Yeah. It's Listener, like the you whole don't know this, but James and Cameron and Raphael have been sharing photos of the most disgusting foods. Oh god, hey. Elena's typing right now in the Discord right now. She's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? My, my foods weren't disgusting. They were regular, ordinary foods that were just <clears throat> classified I, with a horrible classification scheme. We can't. That same we thing can't. is like quesadillas are sandwiches, but we can't open up this conversation. We can't do this. We're already recording. We can do this. Yeah, this will be a whole episode. <laughs> We'll do we'll do a side quest episode of just tyranny of thumbs debates food, and then we'll just edit and post it. Was food a mistake? Side. Yes, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's perfect. But yeah, that's essentially what we have been doing this entire time prior to recording. And let us let us give you a peek behind the curtain, listener. We are in uncharted territory right now. If you haven't noticed, we've been off for a month. We had a nice mm -hmm. little summer vacation. It was great. It was fun. I'm sure we can talk a little bit about stuff that we might have done during our breaks if we wanted to. But then also, we're kind of on our own here in the sense that McCoy and Elaine are still moving. And so they will not be ready to record or to, I guess, partake in recording until like probably middle, end of August, beginning of September. They gave us a very long time frame about when they'd actually be, quote unquote, ready to record. Uh, so this is probably the first episode you've ever heard that does not involve McCoy. That's right. Which is insane and crazy. But we'll do our best. So if you appreciate McCoy's trash takes, that's not going to happen this episode whatsoever. <laughs> These are going to be nice, well-educated, thought-out critiques of video games only for intellectuals and no one else. <laughs> and I'm here too. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. And who is that? That is Cameron. Who if He's you back. listen to I'm back. I was gonna say if you listen to the Boyfriend Dungeon episode, that's that Cameron. Yeah. He's back. But otherwise, yes, we have our usual suspects of myself, Zoe, and then James. Hello. And Raphael is Hi. also here. Perfect. Yeah. And yeah, this about this episode will eventually be about Citizen Sleeper. <laughs> Eventually. But <laughs> eventually. <laughs> we might we might actually I was gonna say we might devolve into a forty minute Elden Ring corner. But actually, James, didn't you finish Elden Ring? I didn't. Uh... Oh, okay, <laughs> no Elden Ring corner. <laughs> Do you wanna tell us I what happened? <laughs> um I I'm still on the Elden Beast. Um I just haven't put enough time into it to beat him. But uh it's a really cool fight. A beautiful uh, fight in a lot of ways, mostly aesthetic. Um, and uh, 
Yeah, I don't know. I I lost three hundred thousand souls by accident, because uh, I forgot how the game worked. Um <laughs> What that you lose your souls when you die? Well, no, more that like I forgot to check how many souls I got from beating uh uh Hora Lu and um oh. I only touched the point of grace and didn't sit down at it before running off to the next boss fight because I didn't really realize that the next one is literally like up the stairs from that one um <laughs> and I was like oh it's a golden light that I can't see through and it's ha I have to interact to get through it clearly this is fine oh it's a boss fight um yeah so that's fine I don't know I'm already like a hundred and level a hundred and like 60 or something i'll be fine did you learn any life lessons during this <laughs> uh uh dodge roll more probably that's a good ah uh, yes what you can bring to your <laughs> non-video game life as well you yeah know, at the grocery store just keep dodge rolling exactly. dodge roll more you know exactly. you would be very fit if you did that so it's probably that's a good true. health tip that's true. Indeed. I feel like dodge rolling is significantly riskier IRL than it is in game, though. Like That's you can slide with I things. Like the ground might have a, an object. That's on true. It. No, no invulnerability frames. Mm -hmm. I was gonna say I do so much as like somersault these days, and I feel like my back cracks in like eight different places. I'm also like on the floor winded afterwards for like a good two seconds i can't imagine leaping into a dodge roll when's the last time you did a somersault uh a very long time ago i feel like yeah i don't i want to really do one no now. reason for me to be like somersaulting <laughs> in my day-to-day -day life <laughs> i suppose i do a lot of yoga oh but that's not quite a dodge rolling which actually reminds me wasn't there a time in college, James, when Adam, like, really wanted to learn how to run dodge roll for a while? And he was, like, going yeah. up and down the halls. I have this weird, like, this conversation has sparked this weird, like, <laughs> memory out of the recesses of my, of my brain. Where it's just, like, Adam running in the dorm hallways, just trying to dodge roll, like, running dodge roll. And I believe that sounds he ran into a lot of people correct. doing so. Yeah, that sounds very <laughs> correct. Checks uh. out with me. <laughs> I'm loving this intro. We've we've really we've done Indeed. it. <laughs> we've done it. <laughs> Have we done it? Have we done it? Well, I was just gonna ask. So you know, we've we've had the whole month of July off, and mm -hmm. so I was just gonna like ask people if they've been playing any cool games in their off time, or not. Like for instance, myself, I have been playing this uh, roguelike game called Twenty Minutes Till Dawn. Uh, it's a game that I saw Northern Lion play on stream at one point. Yeah, and I love Northern looked... Lion. Yeah, he's he's been really entertaining to watch as I work, to be honest. I really like yeah. his banter. Um, yeah. But yeah, he was just playing this game. It's basically like you are a person who has to fight off waves of enemies for 20 minutes. And then by the time 20 minutes is up, you've survived. It's dawn. And there's just, like, different weapon aspects, and your characters have different abilities. Um, and obviously, like, as the 20 minutes go on, uh, you get upgrades to make yourself stronger, but also the waves of enemies get stronger. Um, and I guess the whole point of the game is just you 
create these like game busting builds um or try to make your way towards these game busting builds um and it's been a lot of fun like highly recommend it it's like only two dollars i think on steam and honestly for two dollars like i feel like i definitely got my money's worth out of it um and there's like ascension levels like slay the spire but um i think i'm like on darkness eight out of 15 at the moment and yeah it's been a lot of fun but what Raphael, have you been playing anything uh so i guess most of the gap i was playing horizon forbidden west um and finished the story for that it was great mechanics uh i guess they did a, like they tried to change i think a lot from the base game and in, in ways that i i think they intended to improve it but uh for the most part didn't really unfortunately um mm. so there was a lot of like awkwardness around the elemental mechanics uh where in the base game it's kind of like you unlock the next bow and then you've got like a suite of elemental arrows to use um and this one there was a long period where you just like didn't have a set of weapons that could fully span things but like you were fighting enemies that felt like you needed to use those mechanics to fight them um and yeah so i got a little bit annoyed with the the combat mechanics in the game uh but turned the the difficulty down a little bit and just focused on the story and the story was great so that was fun um, how triggered were you by her facial hair i was not triggered at all like and her I am, facial structure i am aware it's apparently that not as hot as it was in the last game people actually have hair on lots of parts of their body if you look closely uh, Women do not have hair except on the top of their heads. Okay. <laughs> Can confirm. <laughs> Am woman. <laughs> uh. uh yeah, I mean I guess I I also wasn't like really closely inspecting her face. I like w had a helmet on a lot of the time. So mm -hmm. <laughs> Did you try and do that trick that people found online where you can make her shirt invisible? I did not. Oh no. Oh yeah. gosh. It is not something I desire to do. <laughs> um, and then I guess I feel like that always happens in lots of video games where like people be like, "Hey, listen, if you stand against this wall and you clip in this sort of way, the game kind of codes it like this person's naked." So, if mm -hmm. you want to see some weird poly <laughs> like <laughs> polygonal junk like just stand against this wall bro and all i can imagine is just a bunch of guys like maybe and girls i don't know but like a bunch of people just like at that wall being like i can't jack off fuck <laughs> i can't get it I can't make it stand against the wall i mean that's the only reason i really ever play video games yeah alas it's reasonable yep mm -hmm. um i guess then also i played uh, rogue legacy too did you jerk uh, off to that one too? I did not. Um, <laughs> Good. It's, it's it's extremely difficult to jerk off to Rogue Legacy too. Um, I think. Yeah, <laughs> I also played a little bit of Rogue Legacy too. I really enjoyed the first one. Um, mm -hmm. and the second one I'm enjoying less. Hmm. Um, it's fun. Um, and I'm sure that eventually I would kind of get back into it, but the the movement mechanics feel very clunky to me um, in like how 
your the character reacts to the inputs. Um, I'm just not. It's not flowing. Okay. Which um, is I guess I haven't had that at all, but I think it does. I don't remember that clearly from the first one, but I, it does in the second one definitely like kind of gradually give you the movement mechanics. So at at first, like you don't have a lot and you kind of want to be like dashing and stuff and you just can't. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I got the dash. I got the air dash. Um, and like, that's all fine. It's more about like, just moving on like a platform and like where i think that i'm going to be attacking and where i actually attack feels like it's often not correct hmm. um i guess i haven't had that at all um for the most yeah. part i've i think it's like really improved on the first one in a lot of ways mm. um so like mm. in the first one they had they had this like a similar setup of different classes and uh, they had the Spellblade class, which I think was the only one that actually like got mana from hitting things. Uh, and so you had like this mechanic where you, you, you could like fight with your sword, but then you could also cast spells. Um, and it, if I remember correctly, it was like definitely the strongest class in the first one. And in Rogue Legacy 2, they were just like, what if all the classes were like this? And that's been actually really great. Um, yeah. So. Um, yeah, I guess like I've I've beaten the first round of the game and then it's got like a new game plus system. But like the way that the items are spread out is they're actually like spanning the new game pluses. So I've been continuing to play to see like where those go. Um, and also it's, I don't know, it's a lot of fun. Definitely up my alley in terms of like 2D platforming combat roguelike. Excellent. Nice. I think I think part of it for me is just that I haven't played a lot of 2D platformers in the like past year or so and I just uh I'm not like used to how those how you have to m move around in them um and so like once I get more used to it <clears throat> if I keep playing um which I'm sure I will I enjoyed the the first one quite a bit um I'm sure Maybe that I less will platformer we played for the podcast was messenger no right. yeah yeah I think that so. was a while ago at this point yeah that was like beginning of last year i want to say yeah yeah cool so that is that what you've been mainly playing james that's right that um a little bit of tft with mostly with you zoe um, and struggling and crying and yeah. struggling and crying <laughs> pretty much yeah <laughs> <laughs> and throwing up and struggling and crying <laughs> i feel like james our tft thing is always like it's it follows the same formula where it's like hey you want to play some tft sure we get it hmm i'm gonna go tempest yeah i'm gonna go jade and then it just slowly gets quieter and quieter <laughs> as the minutes tick by and we're just like uh I die. I just, I can't get strong. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm dead. <laughs> and then we just like depressingly like end the call being like, well, I'm going to go to bed. <laughs> Have a good night. Oh, no. That is, that is sort of true. I feel like I consistently like get top four in lobbies when I'm by myself. And when I'm with you, I consistently get like bottom three. Um, and which means to me that your MMR is much higher and I'm actually trash. Um, 
I don't know how my MR would be higher. <laughs> I've been like finish. Actually, I feel like I'm the exact opposite. Like without you, James, I finish like seventh, eighth every time. And then I'm like, yeah, let's do some struggle lobbies together. And then I get like second and I'm like, this is awesome. Yeah, <laughs> because is my MMR is super low and is dragging the the team down. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's true. Drag the team who, down. who knows? You know, it might be true. Um. Did you but we did get one. We did get one like, like very high finish together, right? Yeah, I think we were top two, and you yeah. crushed me. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. Recall. Did you yeah. play that co-op mode that exists? Yeah. Oh, double up. We did that last set. We haven't done it really this set. That's well, right. I think we did it once this set actually. Yeah. We, we finished top two. We, we <laughs> I finished, think we finished. I think, I think we finished think... top three out of four or something like that. No, we finished top two because I remember we were first place for most of the game, and oh, then yeah. we just slowly bled to death as the next best team just slaughtered us round after round after That's round. right. That's right. That is what happened. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it's really fun even when you're losing, I think. Um, exactly. Just, um, yeah, just, I, I, I think that game is great. Um there's a reason why, like, immediately 30 of them sprang up after Dota Auto Chess appeared. Right. Um, TFT feels like it's gotten better, because the, like, yeah. the trait mechanics or whatever are also, like, different now. Before they were just like, get 500 attack speed. Now it's, like, you know, completely different. Yeah. Like, summon a dragon right. or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's, like, get, like, fancy items or... um like just generate like weird bonkers stuff it's it's good it's very good um i think that tft is the most supported of all of those games um hearthstone battlegrounds i don't play uh it was really fun for a while but i i pretty much dropped it um with the rest of hearthstone but i i'm sure that one's still also pretty supported but it it feels worse to me to play that game because hearthstone feels bad to like interact with to me just on a visceral level um but also i mean there's parts of it that are that that i there's parts of the complexity of, of tft that i really enjoy even though i'm like not great at either game that are that feel like they're missing from Hearthstone. Um, because there's yeah. like itemization and whatnot. Like I think that's the thing I like the most about it is like trying. I I, I guess the thing I like the most about TFT is like when you're provided with like a set of items or like a set of augments, and it's like you have to work around that or like try to figure mm -hmm. out like what can possibly. And I don't know. My brain just really likes trying to like work around and do the math of like which type of comp would be like the most optimal given these sets of circumstances yeah for sure that's super fun and if it's set seven then it's just me being confused and dizzy and just putting the most random shit in and then i'm like and then i die <laughs> for the most part although i had a really great mirage comp today that i finished third with so oh, yeah? you know i'm proud <laughs> nice. what was the mirage bonus i think it was just um you critically strike low health targets um, um 
And then I also put some assassin spatulas on them. So people you that were abusing... You had multiple assassin spatulas. Uh, yeah, I, I started oh, the game with a spatula, and then I think one of the augments I got was, like, get a assassin, assassin augment or something like that. Like a nice thing to equip. So I didn't have technically any original assassins. I just put them on a mirage, people. And uh, then that way people that were abusing Corky and Aurelian Soul died. And I felt happy. <laughs> <laughs> Because fun is zero-sum. <clears throat> exactly. Oh. And yeah. Cameron, you've been... I mean, you kind of talked to us I got a little bit like outside the podcast about stuff that you've been playing, but like anything you want to possibly mention that you've been playing? I was going to say month? no, and then I looked at my Steam history, and I did talk to Raphael about this one a little bit, but I played an anime game, which I think is unpopular okay. on this. But it's basically discount persona games about like helping out this like superstar pop magic person in the metaverse it's a very ridiculous like situation like the, wait but like the facebook metaverse no they call it a metaverse and it's like meant to be like a virtual reality place or thing i don't know the plot doesn't matter the plot is bad um, it's an anime <laughs> game yeah it's an anime game but the <laughs> music is really good and it's you know it's about like pop stars fighting each other essentially so like it's got like real songs and that was like basically the only reason i listened to it but the funny part about it is like you're the person you're helping her like songs she's not a good singer she sounds like a baby uh so like the evil <laughs> one sounds so much better but she's like you know you're not supposed to root for the evil pop star even though she is like objectively a better pop star <laughs> is there a renegade path you could take with the game where you could keep with the evil persona not at all it's like the most basic of games where they're like you've got the dead the bad ends where you kill your friend and you've got the good end where you befriend people and love wins and that's it <laughs> all right ah. It's called so, the Caligula like, effect too. Sorry, I forgot to mention that. The Caligula. I was gonna say. So the life effect. lesson you learned there is, if you don't like somebody's voice, kill them. The life lesson I learned was, if you put music that is catchy, I will play anything, <laughs> even if it's ah. not that good. <laughs> All right, that's a good lesson. Perfect. Ah. <clears throat> <sighs> I was going to like try to segue that being like speaking of catchy music cuz I actually yeah. really like Citizen Sleeper's music. Yeah. But also yeah. like I don't know. I feel like this kind of can also go into I don't know, like how addicting this game can be as well. I don't know. But Citizen Sleeper, let's finally get into this. <laughs> how how does that sound to all of you yeah, guys for sure. now that we've yeah. uh, successfully primed this? This... Um, but yeah, so we, this week we played Citizen Sleeper, which I think we can describe as being a, someone can probably jut in here, but uh, like, The way it describes would... itself is role-playing in the ruins of, uh, interstellar capitalism. Indeed. And it's kind of done in, like, a tabletop RPG style, almost, in the sense that there's, like, dice that you roll and dice numbers give outcomes to certain mm -hmm. events that you can participate in um plus there's like a skill tree that you're 
starting character can start out with and not. And so I guess my first question was going to be, because my first thought upon playing this is just like, this is the game that Cyberpunk wishes it could be. And is it fair to call this game Cyberpunk? It's not really in that sort of world per se it's more spacefaring it's more it's definitely futuristic it's but i guess Raphael's like resident cyberpunk yeah i mean it definitely like <laughs> definitely like borders on cyberpunk at least like the the whole notion of a sleeper is fairly cyberpunk uh, so a sleeper yeah. in this setting is uh they're a little bit fuzzy on the exact details but like somebody who's contracted to have their consciousness uploaded into an artificial body uh and then I guess they're like in some form of indentured servitude. I don't know like why that you would sign up for that. Uh, and that's the part that's still unclear to me. Um, but the character is one of these uploaded copies that has escaped uh, their servitude and is on the run. Yeah. Um, and your body is like put in cold storage, basically. Mm -hmm. um, so you're sleeping, as it were. <clears throat> um i mean I, I it doesn't go much into detail about like your life in your body um maybe it does more than in my run based on the the decisions that you you make um but it definitely seems like the last choice on the list of choices that you would make to stay alive to 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 sign yourself up for this um because it seems like it sucks <laughs> <laughs> right i have a and hot take I... yeah Ooh, okay i mean maybe is it's not a hot some... take it's a hot take is this yeah. your dream job <laughs> no i have a hot take about the game i yeah. think it's okay. a visual novel with extra steps i i agree uh, actually so i would I agree yeah. I was going to say, like, one of the comparisons is, like, Pyre, but it doesn't have that, like, extra uh, gameplay mechanic that Pyre had. Uh, the emphasis is really on the, like, the visual novel part of it. Right, because yeah. the, the writing in this game is absolutely fantastic. And oh, yeah. Even though it poses as a like a semi choose your own adventure decision based game, I I don't know about you guys, but I felt like a lot of the a lot of the choices, not all of them, but a majority of the choices that I made dialogue wise didn't really sway the outcomes in a lot of sense in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like I felt like no matter what I would choose, the story was always going to progress. Mm -hmm. um, which is not necessarily a bad thing if the story is well written um, yes. in a way yeah. that makes sense, um, which I think this one definitely was. Um, and so as a result, like, I, I didn't really care if, you know, if I chose to say stay silent or chose to intervene in something like mm. the story is always going to like kind of end up some like around the same way that it always will end up I'm like maybe sure there will be like a so, word changed here and there well i said a majority right there so were there a are few some like critical ones um right but for the most part yeah like the the characters just sort of like brush off if you reject what they're saying or continue if you accept or whatever like there's yeah not a whole lot of difference uh, for sure. and there was like for sure. uh, cameron go ahead oh you can go for it 
Oh, I was going to say there was, there was like one decision that I did try to like uh, see if you could get a different outcome. And that was with like Ankita's storyline. Uh, mm. And the answer was no. It always ends badly. But what does badly mean? I mean, so badly is her shooting her. Uh, yeah, she, she always kills Ashton and Ashton. his sleeper lover. Gotcha. Okay. So did anyone not resolve the like bounty hunter coming to kill you and then you like like there was like that whole line where they're really like you need to deal with this problem and I did <laughs> kind of deal with it towards the end but I never got the like final bounty so, hunter So we're oh, we're in full spoiler mode here. Yes, I resolved it as well. Uh, but so I want to resolved... know if there are different ways yeah. I resolved it on my first run. Um I did two other runs to get some endings that were like had branching points somewhat early on. Um and in those runs I got to the ending before the bounty hunter arrived, so it did not resolve. But I, I don't think there's and I guess maybe there are other outcomes, I'm not really sure. So what are the outcomes you got? Uh so I guess what happened for me was uh let's see, I had given Ethan back his gun i think um and when the bounty hunter arrived uh like he shoots ethan first and then you go for the gun and shoot the bounty hunter uh just like emptying the clip and and you get kill away the bounty hunter yeah. yeah yeah that's what happened mm. to me as well that also happened to me <laughs> okay so that is wow, the Wow, so you guys got to that section of the bounty hunter thing. So, I, I mean, for what? me, it was like, I never even got to that part only because um, as soon as the first thing happened where Ethan was like, you can just pay my tab. And there's that like wheel of like, what, four or five cycles, essentially, mm -hmm. that before you have to pay. So I had to pay and essentially like went broke the first cycle and i thought this this was just a a game mechanic to like always keep you on your toes cryo wise so i thought that that was just always going to happen so after the first time i paid ethan i like hard mainlined fangs quest to remove my tracker mm, and yeah. i got my tracker removed uh before the other bounty hunter even arrived i see uh, ah. which kind of kind of disappointed me only because so like you know i'm doing this with the full knowledge that oh he's gonna just want money money again but then that second cycle happens and uh or like that second kind of full uh wheel completes and he instead comes and he's like oh you can just uh you can help me pay my debt at the club instead by working there and i was like oh this is doable and i was kind of like wanting to like continue my relationship with ethan and see where that ended up except i was just way too far in fang's quest line like by that time fang's quest line was all on timed events that i had to do very critically mm. lest i fail mm. um I like and how... so I guess my story kind of ended very awkwardly with him where it was like we were kind of starting this like rapport and then suddenly it was just like you remove your tracker you think about Ethan cursing as he figures out you're dead and then Ethan was just gone from my game forever 
So the report really bad. the report ends poorly. <laughs> yeah, I like how we all tried to befriend Ethan even though it was just obviously not the right choice because he sucks. Yeah. <laughs> and then it yeah. is exactly what that yeah. Right. Well, I was I was hoping like that even though even if I removed my tracker like his quest line would still happen, maybe like yeah. the other bounty hunter wouldn't show up, but maybe something else would like deviate with his storyline but no it just completely failed me out of his and he was just gone from the rest of my game hmm. which was unfortunate yeah i think honestly i think that that was something that was probably cut for time like like this the uh, writing all of these storylines is like probably incredibly difficult and time consuming and mm -hmm. That, that, to me, feels like the sort of thing that they'd be like, well, he doesn't actually, he's, like, not as important anymore, so we can well, kind of let him go. I was trying to, like, remove the tracker as quickly as I could, but I was, like, struck. I, I think I, like, missed some parts of it for a while, and so it didn't look possible to complete on that timeline. So, yeah. but I, my goal was to, like, ditch Ethan, um, but instead, like, I... I played out his whole storyline because I wasn't able to remove the tracker uh, in time. So I, it I was does on the same. seem reasonable yeah. that like you, he would go away when you've removed your tracker because he has he doesn't have any way to find you anymore. Right. Wow, our motivations were so different. I was trying to see if the game would kill me. I was like, are there choices that would like actually end with me dead? So I was just doing the most like not self-sustaining things <laughs> you were just doing your best to like I was aggravate like, ethan in every turn yeah i was like hi ethan i'm here here's your gun i'm here to help i trust you like <laughs> please don't take me away just to see so, what would happen so sabine was <laughs> like your body is dying and cameron was like is it is it though yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean i mean that that's a fair thing because you know the the mechanics of this game are all very like it's it's kind of like light survivability like not nearly as intensive as like Raphael's survival games block by any means but like there are some resources that while it doesn't end your game if they deplete it does make the experience like a lot more difficult so you know you have both your energy and your condition that you have to maintain throughout um and yeah i found it interesting i mean throughout my playthrough i never had my condition dip below three dice hmm. at any point or uh below two dice um okay but like and then also like my energy like i always made sure to save enough money to like eat no matter what so i never was starving in my game either um but then I looked it up afterwards, and it was interesting that even if, if your condition drops to zero, like, the game will let you suffer for, like, a day. But then otherwise, like, it will kind of reset in a way as mm. well. I, yeah, I hadn't gone all the way down, but I suspected they were going to do something like that. Thank you for looking that up. I was going to ask that question. <laughs> mm. Oh, yeah. I did get down to, like, one uh, die, but I didn't... Uh... I didn't get completely depleted. Yeah, I... I think what it does is like you have a day where you have you have one cycle where you have no die and then it resets you to three after the fact. Right at the very beginning of the game, um, I 
got very low. I got down to like two dice starving because I didn't explore enough to actually find places to buy food. Um, like until it was really desperate because I was like, I thought that that would come from like continuing what I perceived as the story, um, which is working for what's his name, the guy that Dra finds you at the Dragos, very beginning. I think. Dragos, yeah. Dragos. And because um, he like gave you so many things, I was like, well, clearly he's also going to give you some food. Wrong. Um, <laughs> explore. Uh, put at least a few dice into like everything, basically. <laughs> you can. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, I did that about everything except for, um, working for R Rabia. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't continue that quest line at all. Um, well, but well, it's a good quest line. That is one it? was weird though. I also almost didn't continue it. Um, I, I guess, so I guess I, I lost track of Sabine entirely as well because of that. Um, also, uh, the stray cat, how do you get it to, like, hang out with you more? <laughs> I think, as far as I could tell, you only have that one initial one, and then and it's just everything a money else sink is just it. a money sink? Mm -hmm. Fuck. Just like a cat. I, I, I had I like... a superstition that every time I fed the cat, I had a good dice roll the next day. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to, it's not actually proof. Like, as far as me looking it up, like, I don't think it happens. But in my playthrough, every time I fed the cat, I had like three sixes the next day. Mm. And then the one day I didn't, I had like ones and twos. And I'm like, I'm feeding the cat forever now, <laughs> like, no matter what. <laughs> So I just, it was, it was actually quite hilarious. Cause like, especially when you start opening up other places to sleep, uh, on the eye, like I just was like, no, I've got to make it back to my apartment. I need to feed the cat before I sleep. I can't. <laughs> yeah. I guess like the survival mechanics, I will say they felt meaningful, but like in terms mm -hmm. of if they were actually meaningful, it, it, I don't think they were. But, like, what matters is how it feels, right? And it felt very, right. like, oh, my God, I might die if I don't, like, balance my stats and, like, yeah. do the right stuff. And make money and stuff, yeah. Right, like, I one of the notes that I made here was just, like, um, like the game still kind of makes it where your survivability, like, really does kind of start playing with your, like, moral compass in a lot of the storylines. Um, I think, like, the one for me that, like, I don't know. It didn't make me feel guilty by any means, but like by the time I finished on Kita's uh quest line when she um when she kills the other sleeper and then she's like trying to pay you as recompense. Like you have an option either to like refuse the money or to accept it. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I was like running on five cryo. <laughs> and so Ooh. I was just like, "Oh, I'm taking that money." <laughs> like but like I feel like you know, if you wanted to have, like, the all, you know, the high ground moral, you know, high moral compass playthrough, it's like you would refuse that cash. But it's like, the game does kind of help you play upon that desperation a little bit, where it's like, I accepted the, you know, I accepted the cryo. Suddenly I had, like, 180 in my bank account, and I was like, <gasps> I'm fucking rich! Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Let's go! Nice. 
but at the same time, like, that I think the writing does be like, sure, you accepted the money despite her. Like, you, you yeah. accepted her blood money. And I'm like, fuck, I did. Yeah, I, I something like, <laughs> is this all that a life is worth? Yeah. As yeah, a, exactly. As, as a painful, like, as a heavy reminder of how little a life is worth. And I was like, fuck. Doesn't she judge you, too? No, she, she looks no. at you, like, desperately or something. She's like, please, just take the money. Like, oh. Yeah. She mm-hmm. needed you to take the money oh, to it's just the, it's a get it off you. her. Yeah, well, to get it off her conscience. because She does kind of rub it yeah. in your face if you finish Bliss's storyline. Yeah, right? she, like, she shows up later in Bliss's storyline. I, I think she, she like, like projects that you're angry with her over it. Mm-hmm. Really? Or not I thought are. I'd finished Bliss's storyline. I finished Bliss's storyline first, though. So uh. after you finish Bliss's storyline, or like after you finally get to the payout, uh, there's like a couple of or like it's it's a significant time later and like randomly another ship arrives in her bay and it's hmm. Ankita's ship. Oh. Um and then there's like another last chapter of it. So I left on the um the the Celis Foundation ship. The side sidereal or sidereal? The sidereal whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Horizon? What? Is that what it is? Sidereal Horizon? Something. Yeah, I think so. That sounds familiar. Who um, did you uh, go with if you went with uh, Lemon Mina? Duh. <laughs> the one true pair. Yeah. <laughs> um, I will die for that. Who else could you go with? Like, I didn't. I didn't you could even... go by yourself. Oh yeah, okay. You could go by yourself. Yeah, you but... could give the tickets to them. There's like this. This and is the one go? route with multiple endings, like with you, a lot of. You multiple could also endings. like stay with them on, uh, the eye instead. I didn't. So I didn't. I I got the tickets, uh, it, from um, what's his name, the the hustler. Caster. Caster. Yeah. Is that the only way to get tickets? I don't know. Um, yeah, it is. I, I think okay. so. Yeah, it's so hard to know like what's critical path. And and uh, yeah, exactly. It's all super unclear. And it's like there's um, when when it's revealed that they had fucked over all the workers. Um, I was wondering if like you could stay and join the the riot and like that might have some ending. To it or something i didn't explore it but i assumed that was just like you could either avoid condition damage or you could take some like due to being in the riot yeah um, um but this was what i did the like multiple runs for so hmm. the first run i went with both of them the next run i went um uh, alone and then the last one i went i, I stayed on the eye with them like oh, in a positive way because i stayed on the eye and well i ended up giving it to them i think but like they were not happy about this <laughs> about leaving without you yeah. oh actually and no, there's a there's staying. a there's a fourth oh. one which is uh you can let them go and stay yourself yeah that's the one i did like um yeah i don't know i mean i think that one it's not it doesn't like make it explicitly sad. Like you can read into it what you want, but there's also one where like all three of you stay on the eye, um, where you tear up the tickets. Hmm. 
Hmm. You like you three together tear up the tickets, or you tear up the tickets? You like, tear up the tickets you... without consulting okay. them. Oh, <laughs> I see. I see. <laughs> I was gonna Man. say, like, I don't see a situation where Lem's like, "Yeah, fuck this, let's see." Well, so it's like there, there's the point where like you've got the tickets and you come to their apartment, and he's like, they're they they've both like found a new like direction with like they're connecting with their community members and like she's going to like she's studying at something, and so you kind of have a moment where you can back off and be like, "Wait, actually, is the sidereal horizon actually a better life for them?" Like maybe they're doing fine here yeah uh and instead just like rip up the tickets yeah i'm like heartless because my character did not have a good stat for like helping babysit or whatever so i just never did that (laughs) really i mean so i didn't either like i i played the one that had minus one in that and yep it was pretty late that I repaired it, I guess. Um, but it's a safe activity, so like, there's there's no negative outcome of babysitting. Yeah. Aside from having to babysit. That's true. Yeah, I mean, you lose dice, and if you like, the quote unquote negative outcome is like you only get one point of progress on that clock, versus getting yeah. more in in one babysitting. Yeah, that was like one of the first upgrade things i did i i think besides making whatever so i started with the one that was interface plus one but endure was minus one mm-hmm. me too my first upgrade was getting endure back to even because mm. a lot of the scrap scrounging and cryo making was endure and i was like fuck this i'm so tired of like suffering um but then I think the other, like, one of the first upgrades I got was, like, being able to see what the outcomes would be. Um, just so then I could, like, easily plan out my dice rolls and, like, yeah, put lower dice in situations where the negative outcome was, like, one energy instead of three energy or yeah. something like that. I mean, specking into it is definitely the OP strat. Because um, then you can play Tavla for money as well. And you can get like hundreds mm. of cryo per mm. cycle. Or not hundreds, but like you can get up to a hundred or or so mm-hmm. if you do you get good rolls. What was the other what was the other class? I, I remember the other class was good at endure. But uh, there were two what others. was it bad? Yeah. There's three classes, right? Engineer. Yeah. Oh. Well machine machinist I think is the one with plus engineering. Uh-huh. Um that yeah. one I actually found the easiest to do the start with. So I I did the subsequent runs on the machinist. Mm. Um, let's see, what was the last one? Yeah, I mean, the one... So I, I did whatever the first class that pops up is with the interface plus one. And yeah. that made it very... Operator. Yeah, so operator was very nice for when you went into, I guess, like the cyber world. Mm-hmm. to like grab havanage data or um or all of like those encryption keys because it gives you two dice rolls that can successfully mm-hmm. um unlock it instead of one and most of those dice rolls are like low numbers uh. so i just knew that like i would basically save all of my low dice rolls for that cyber world yeah hunting uh the last one is extractor which mm-hmm. uh, has plus endure and minus intuition. Mm. Okay. Um, 
which yeah really sucks because it puts you further from the one that like explains what the outcomes could be so right yeah that skill was i mean i almost wish it wasn't a skill because imagine mm -hmm. not getting that i mean i didn't i didn't read what that was until late game oh, and no. i didn't i didn't even read the second level skills except for the ones that were like available to me and then i got it and i was like oh all right but as soon as i, I mean, saw I'd the already, intuition yeah. second one was like re-roll your dice i was like i am working towards that mm -hmm. <laughs> like, i didn't yes, i didn't go for i mean i i think oh. i got all of my skills to plus one before getting most of those yeah um, same actually i think the the only one i got was the double data because that was the best money source i found early on and it was like a good way to recycle the low dice, which is also why I didn't go for the reroll. Is like because I had a good use for the low dice rolls, as well. Mm. Mm -hmm. So, the day before, like during the day before I started playing this game at night, I listened to um, an episode of the podcast um, "Revisionist History" with Malcolm Gladwell, where mm -hmm. he talks about refugees. Um, and how Canada handles refugees and bringing them into Canada compared to America and, um, some stuff about his experience growing up in Canada. Um, and it ends with a story from his brother who, uh, was the principal of an elementary school in Canada that had like 40% to 60% refugee children at some point. Um, and he tells the story of uh, a little girl from Syria who was, for her first day in kindergarten, completely inconsolable. Um, and no one could speak to her in Arabic uh, after her parents left. Um, and how he just kind of sat with her and hummed and and helped her feel welcome and safe. And uh, it was very moving. It, it, it brought me to tears. And then I played this game. And I see Lemon Mina. And um, I got fucked up again because it seemed like a very similar situation. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then that. Um, like actually like going to their like apartment and seeing that like help like babysit Mina while her dad goes and works to like try and make money to buy food for them and maybe get them off of the eye. I was like, oh, fuck. I'm going to have to do that immediately. <laughs> um. So you had the exact opposite reaction that I did. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but I will say very uh, moving, I think. So that's what you were referring to in the Discord about yes, like, yeah. the game hitting the feels. You said, quote, no dead dogs yet, <laughs> but this game hits you in the feels. And I was like, oh, God, there's dogs in this game. There's not. <laughs> there's cats. There's one dog. <laughs> It, it doesn't exactly, I mean, it has, like, tentacles for a head, but there's oh. a dog. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I, 
I got that one stuck in an endless uh, coding loop. Me I too. felt kind of bad about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they really were like, hey, do you want to kill it or do you want to do something non-lethal? Just kidding. It's the same. Also, <laughs> yeah. it's easier to kill it. Yeah. Yeah, it made it seem like it was a choice, but I, as far as I could tell, there was no impact to that one. Except your own personal experience of whether you yeah. killed it or not. True. So, speaking of refugees, there was the other one with the refugees. I forget the, the names. DLC. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ah, that was the DLC. Okay. Flux, I guess. Yes. Yeah, I did Flux, not do the that. Flux DLC. So I, I so when when I looked at it, it's like, oh, this is DLC, and it's meant to be late game content. So I was like, okay, so this is meant to be like content that you do like once you have like maybe some like second upgrades into some st- stats or whatnot. Like maybe I'll like start it up later. Um, I unfortunately started that alongside bliss's quest line which is also like pretty that was very resource intensive and like little did i know that late game content meant like this should be your sole primary focus for like the rest of the game yeah bliss's quest line like i wasn't even doing the refugees and bliss's quest line was why i ended up with one one die (laughs) because like oh i lost all my time and money like trying to get to the end of that because i was like there's gotta be a payout (laughs) <laughs> exactly yeah especially like the first ones are like oh i can't huh. pay you oh here's one mushroom and you're like thanks <laughs> fuck you <laughs> but i didn't yeah, actually so, have like, an issue at that point well really? yeah the thing is i was i was at blisses and the dlc quest line like very late game like i had enough credits for everything but i just didn't have enough i didn't have enough die at that mm. point it's like i needed to be like rolling sixes to get like two or three you know segments of progress and bliss's thing but then i also needed to be like gathering food and water and scrap and also doing all of this other infiltration stuff and so it's like by the mm. time the 12 hour clock was up i had all the supplies gathered but i had like i didn't complete any of the wheels for like the infiltration stuff whatsoever uh, so yeah I mean, oh. unfortunately my dlc failed <laughs> you got to watch the like tragic like, yeah ending. i just got to watch uh yeah i i forget her name Esh? uh or I, I i got to watch watch uh ash just uh sail the ship into the waiting arms <laughs> of the corporation and the my dlc ended by being like yep she's captive and it, then the other person was angry at me because the plan failed and then it was like dlc part two coming out october 2022 and i was like fuck (laughs) (laughs) that similar happened to me like i failed the planning part of it so the it was like a really kind of pathetic attempt um but it's because the so i guess to lightly spoil it or to majorly spoil it some like corporation person comes in and they're like we know this is happening if it happens, it's going to cause, like, the trumps of space to take power, so you must stop it. Uh, so I tried to convince them to not do it, and then what that did was bar me from continuing the 
the like progression to like make oh. it successful. <laughs> so I was literally just like, no, I want to help them if I like, I want them to succeed if they're not gonna stop, but I don't want them to do it. But I was not given that choice. <laughs> I'm going to begrudgingly do this. <laughs> yeah, because I'm like, if you're gonna do it anyways, I you know might as well actually have it succeed. <laughs> oh, I see. But no, like, they didn't I, let you. I almost did that, except like. At the like last part of that, I was like, I don't know if it'll work. Instead of like, I don't think it'll work. Uh, and so then I was still able to continue. Damn it. <laughs> so what do they do? Like, I didn't even interact with it at all. I, I didn't. Uh, so like, there's some unknown thing that has caused a bunch of refugees from the planets in the system to come to the eye. And mm -hmm. they're being quarantined. Um because they're like, well, we don't know what diseases you're carrying. Also, like, the life support systems on the eye can't support this many people. It actually mm -hmm. reminded me a lot of uh, the book you recommended to me, um, which is, like, Down Below Station. It's okay. A, kind of a similar uh, setup. Um, but so then these two people are trying to run supplies to the refugees. And there's, like, a cordon and a security net in the way. And so you have this plot to, like, collect some supplies for them to bring and then like do various things to improve their chances of getting through. Um, like disable the sensors and like get somebody to help them distract people and so on. And it's on like a timer. Yeah. Right. It gives right. you like yeah, 12 cycles to do all of that. Um, and when it was like my focus in the end game, when I had basically like infinite stabilizer and money uh i had two cycles left i think when i finished all of it so it was it's pretty tight yeah all right so you were successful Raphael. yeah in your in the whole thing interesting did it okay. feel better than it felt for me <laughs> like um i mean so it felt kind of like truncated i guess in that like okay so like ash does the run successfully and she gets back but then it doesn't like feel finished i mean because it's supposed to be i think one of three episodes in this storyline or something and so uh i think i personally would have rather have waited for all three episodes before starting it in retrospect mm. hmm. yeah it did i i agree like it even in a bad ending, it did end very, very, like, abruptly, I felt. Um, where I was just like, wait a minute, like, can I apologize to these people? Like, what can I do? And they're like, no, October 2022. <laughs> You're going to wait. It's like, oh, man, I can't wait to wait, like, four months for them to berate me afterwards for my decisions. <laughs> <laughs> That already already happens in real life. <laughs> oh. yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I guess another thing I just wanted to shout out, though, was like we, we kind of been talking a little bit about these survivability mechanics. But I also like we, we talk about being, you know, like low on resources and whatnot. But I think I also just wanted to call out how appreciative I was with like how gracious the game was in aspects to like stabilize you or like feed you even if you are like 
failing at things, I guess. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I think the fact that you can get Stabilizer as mission rewards is very nice. I think the fact that, like, if you go to Emphasis Stall, like, he can, like, feed you essentially for free the first couple of times for free um, energy. Like, that is really nice as well. Um, like, it's certainly something, like, a game doesn't need to give you, but I feel like they were kind of giving you those, um, they were giving you those events just as a way to, like, help you out in the event that you were struggling. Like, even if you, for, like, Dragos's quest line, if you decide to go the path of, um, investigating, like, the wreckage as opposed to hauling scrap for cryo, like, he gives you a stabilizer at the end. Um, which I didn't do. Instead, I oh. upset him because all I was doing was doing cryo stuff. But Wait. Oh, no, he doesn't give you a stabilizer. You find one in the wreckage. Yeah, I guess. But it's still kind of like a mission reward, yeah. right? Like, for that, if you go that route, you still get a stabilizer. Hmm. Um, which, like, I think by the, mo by the time that, if you decide to go that route, like, if you find it, like, you're probably pretty desperate for one at that point. You um, are, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can't confirm. Yeah, I felt bad because, like, with, with Dragos, I was, like, just trying to... By, by that time, I had found the doctor, and I needed a 100 cryo for the stabilizer. And so all I was doing was, like, hard mainlining, like, hauling scrap for cryo and finishing that wheel. Then, like, Dragos is just, like, angry at me. And like kicks me out as a result. I'm well, like, he kicks you out anyway. Yeah. Yeah, but like, I don't know. It felt worse when it was because I was just simply doing this for cash as opposed to like helping him discover more about this wreckage that he so cares about. Oh, I don't know. no, he doesn't like, want you to discover yeah, more. Yeah, he doesn't want you. Oh, interesting. He's like, he get, we he don't ask questions. Yeah. Because, like, when you when you investigate it, you find out, like, somebody sabotaged this ship, and you're like, were you collaborating with this person? Like, who's bringing these ships in? And he's like, don't ask questions. And, yeah, he, like, yells at you and takes away all the things that you were, like, compiling to find out more. Yeah. Okay, well, never mind. I like the way mine remediated then. <laughs> so it was just me working for him, and then he was just like, listen, I don't want you to end up like those other, like, crushed sleepers that like didn't make it out of here alive and he gives me a bunch of cash and i leave oh that's so much a nicer a, <laughs> a oh, lot wow. of my quest lines end in me getting a bunch of cash and i don't know what that means about me as a player but <laughs> <laughs> i was rolling in the dough by the end of this <laughs> yeah i was at the end i definitely did not need to like work for cryo anymore yeah for sure i actually had a thought so like you mentioned someone mentioned like the sabine like stabilizer stuff so the mm -hmm. way mine ended i could not buy stabilizers anymore is that yeah yeah okay i couldn't either i wasn't Once sure if that's like a choice rabia's quest, quest line oh that um, that's yeah that must be like something that happens in that quest line because since i didn't do that i could still buy it yeah i was wondering like because i mean i sided with sabine which i think maybe everyone did but like, mm -hmm. if you don't side with Sabine, there, why would that end, right? Like, maybe th is there an actual path there, or is it a fake I choice? I think it's because the yeah, 
Yadigan or whatever that gang's name, like they're the ones that are running that clinic. And even if you sabotage the, or like even if you quote unquote kill the Yadigan leader, like it, there's no longer people running that clinic, I guess, <laughs> to give you well, the stabilizer. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, big spoiler, like Yannick, the Yadigan uh, leader, like is basically a zombie being controlled by um SN ARP, the corporation that makes makes the sleepers and the stabilizer. Mm. And so like by killing him you're severing the Yadagon's ties to SN ARP so they can no longer acquire stabilizer. That's the path I took. Was there a different path? Uh I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I didn't continue the I'm, quest line. I'm trying to look here because um, you you gain Yannick's trust, and then there's a critical action to locate the relay. Except, um, yeah, and there were like it, different it seems choices like, no, of what you could do with it. I think. No, so like, well, I guess according to this walkthrough, I'm looking at <laughs> basically like positive, neutral, or negative. You locate the relay. All it matters is like whether Yannick catches you or not. As the positive and negative but he dies like two seconds later um and it just says you'll earn the remote control achievement after that so it seems like no matter what okay like there's no um like there's no dialogue option you could choose to like not kill him in that sense it seems mm. like it's an inevitable thing yeah because i was starting to suspect like discovered. it felt like i was making a lot of choices but we end up on the paths, like the same paths a lot. So I was thinking like, maybe these are all false choices, actually. Yeah, I mean, for sure. There, there's a lot of them that seem like kind of false choices in that sense, for sure. And I think as a result, when it came to choices that actually did influence outcomes, I was like very taken aback where I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I had to think that one through a little bit more. Oh, no. Like, hmm. yeah. I mean, I guess the way I played it definitely the first time was more just like just to take every choice seriously. And I think like that's yeah. kind of what they're going for. Um, and if you do that, like the writing does like support it, I guess. Um, but it, it, it does kind of fall apart if you try to like replay um, and make different choices. Right yeah well, i guess it, like it falls apart because it's supported in a different way but you're like wait this is the same thing though yeah right? yeah. yeah yeah exactly i guess like i i took them seriously except for the ethan one um but i it kind of like i don't know it makes me feel a little bad so generally i do like the game but like for the sabine storyline like it did kind of feel like there was some ambiguity there on like you know there's two sides and they both have good points so i don't really love the fact that regardless of which side you pick actually it just ends up being the same thing because <laughs> that one felt well, like a real choice i i mean at least when i was playing i didn't feel like i was picking a side i felt like i was trying to balance between rabia and sabine hmm. mm -hmm. interesting i mean that was an option but i wish there were, i guess maybe that was the only option and that's how i should think of it because I was kind of like, yeah, fuck the Yadigan, Sabine, freedom, and it just didn't really happen. 
I mean, there's there's another. And then you find out that Rabia and like... Sabine are together, and you're just like, oh, awkward. Yeah, I'm like I did not mean to break you up. I'm so sorry. I support this. <laughs> There, there's there's the other aspect of it which is like i mean you can make all the choices for the decision for the reasons that you want and like shit's still gonna happen you know mm -hmm. um yeah actually i mean i guess related to this like i wanted to call out the game's uh, inclusion of non-binary characters and i feel like it actually handled it really well like as a point of comparison like the way it was, I mean, I guess it wasn't that the character was non-binary in Boyfriend Dungeon. It was actually just that the character was a kid. <laughs> and that was, like, super <laughs> awkward. actual child. Yeah. Um, that you were, like, dating, except you didn't want to be, and then you got forced into it. Anyway, it was super awkward. Um, but anyway, in this game, they do, they, they handle it really well in that it's, like, it's, it's kind of, like, ambiently not important about the characters. So it's, like, it, it yeah. uses it in, like, the pronouns, basically, and their relationships with others but like it's never it's never made a big deal of and i i appreciated that yeah, yeah me i mean it was honestly just like done in passing i think it was both sabine as well as the one dlc character uh, peak, who i am yeah. peak um as well and yeah i mean and and that's really all you need to do like this is kind of my hot take when it comes to inclusion in video games but it's just like if it's done in just such a like casual manner like that like i just like it so much more just because it feels so natural and it just kind of feels like oh sweet this character's this not like this person goes by they because they are non-binary like, you see yes. we put a non-binary <laughs> person in our game see check it out <laughs> yeah i mean exactly. i think it can be done well when it's also made like a pivotal part of the game but like yeah it can also, like, if it's not done well, then it's really, like, it kind of crashes and burns. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for mm -hmm. sure. Speaking and, um... of Boyfriend Dungeon, did <laughs> anyone else feel like there was not romance? But, like, I don't know. I kind of was, like, thinking that there would be some romance-y plotline, like, optional romance. Because it, mm. it just would fit the game of, like, you know, you're living your life on this place and, like, trying to build a home here. But then, like... Yeah, like, you're never, you're going to be alone forever is kind of, like, the vibe. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's hilarious that you say that, only because it's, like, yeah, every, like, I do the same, what was the joke we did for, like, Raphael last year? Like, basically every single character that popped up, I'd be like, are you my boyfriend? Yeah. <laughs> are you my girlfriend? <laughs> like, I think I tried to flirt with like... one person, and they were <sighs> like, you. <laughs> <laughs> well... I think you do basically end up in a domestic partnership with Lem and Mina, uh, yeah, and with Lem as Mina's guardian, um, in the endings where you go on the ship with them or you stay on the eye with them. Yeah. You end up, I mean, you end up as a parent for Mina, but yeah, the the relationship with Lem isn't, I mean, defined. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I got the sense that the relationship with Lem is close. Um. But, like, even in, like, I guess the postscript, you know, when you make that decision to, like, go off um, with them or stay, or I guess if you even stay with them, but, like, at least the one where you go off on the shuttle with them. Like, nothing in the postscript says, like, you and them spend your nights <laughs> covered by the fire yeah, <laughs> or, right. like, anything like that. It's just kind of like, yeah, you, like, 
he watches Lem dies, and then you die, and Mina like <laughs> continues. Mina on. Like, like shuts is... down your functioning in the hopes that you like your brain will survive until you reach the planet. What right. the knowing heck? that like, knowing fuck, that I didn't you pack won't. any stabilizer. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I am so glad I never left. The oh eye. man, it's it's honestly honestly it's beautiful, but it yeah it, it was a very beautiful yeah. ending for sure. The the sequence where they're like the hum of the ship's engines and you're like thinking about all the implications that this will have over the course of the journey. It's yeah. like this is something that's going to be your companion like throughout these decades. Okay, uh, well that, here's that the... was just really well it's, written. It was really well written. But like when I was given the option to leave. Yeah. I mean, they start the game off where you're like on the brink of death because you don't have enough stabilizer. So like yeah. it's already established that, you know, you going on long flights is not the best for you. <laughs> and so I was like, of course I'm not gonna go on a long flight where I will die. So mm-hmm. I'm glad that they actually like bring that back, but also wouldn't you like know that already? <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of forgot about it and then the story was telling me about it. I was like, yeah, fuck, I kind of <laughs> forgot about my stabilizer. <laughs> yeah, so I actually like that was one of the last endings I pursued. Uh, mm. So the first ending I got was the one through the Greenway, which I don't know if any of you did. <laughs> yep. The communist ending? I've uh, done three, three different strange. endings at this point. But yeah, you're talking about the one in the Greenway where you can either like stay in Cyber World and become a gardener, or oh. you could stay on the eye, essentially, right? Yeah. You become yep. part of the like cyber plant hive mind. Uh, Did you choose to be part of the cyber plant hive mind? Of course. <laughs> Was this it is, good? This is one of the the optimal endings for Raphael the human. <laughs> <laughs> so I I was that was the closest I was to like leaving the eye. But then when I chose to stay, it was very like you made the right choice. Like it it was like hmm. implying that if I had done it, I would become a mindless like nonsense thing. Hmm. Uh, well, I mean, you certainly would to the person that stays. Oh, no, I yeah. meant, like, so basically they're, like, as you leave Cyberland, you, mm-hmm. like, yeah. re- become yourself more, and you realize that, like, all of those entities are just, like, mindless bugs that are, like, not alive. And I was yeah, like, but oh, see, yeah. That, like, both perspectives are biased in different ways. So it's, like, mutual unintelligibility doesn't mean actual mindlessness. So for the ending where you do merge into the hive mind, is it like positive? Yeah. Nice. I didn't do it, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I, I did both. I did that one first and then I basically like that's when I found out that you can just like continue from the point just before that. And then I went and did the return to body one and then you can keep playing from that. Hmm. And then I went and did other endings. Um, But yeah, as part of that, like you get the ability to make your own synthesizer so that makes up for losing the ability to purchase it except um, it's like so annoying <laughs> you have to grow mushrooms for the <laughs> love of god <laughs> it's it's not i mean so you have to really prioritize it but if you prioritize it then you end up with a lot for yeah. the record james yeah. i don't know if you got to this part but you can play stardew valley in this game I I started growing mushrooms um, from spores, but I mean, that was, I started it to um, get better ramen. Um, and then. Um, you mean better 
fried fungi. Uh, yeah, whatever. Because yeah. so, I mean, it, it was very notable to me that all of the food in this game was mushrooms. That's Although true. plants were also mentioned. Not all of them. Were, not all of it eating. was mushrooms. No, there were kelp noodles. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Kelp noodles. But you, you don't. Oh, I guess you do eat them, kind of, if you, if you do the turn in the factory. Well, one of the mushrooms he gets the kelp noodles, and you have like mushroom ramen. But okay. also, okay. also for whoever express the the, the noodle. Express. Yeah, that's just kelp noodles, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you can eat them if you work for him. Um, yeah, but it is I mean, mostly mushroom. Yes, that's mm -hmm. true. It's mostly mushrooms. Um, I guess you're right. It is fried mushrooms and not ramen. But um, yeah, um, no, I I grew a bunch of mushrooms. I I grew maybe four batches of mushrooms. Um, wow. In in the aviary, maybe three. I don't know. Not, I, I guess, not a, a shitload, but that's more um, than I did. <laughs> so the way it works is like you have to get the positive outcome for it, and if you get the positive outcome, then you have like an expectation of one of the club head mushrooms. So every like oh. harvest, you'll get one and a half stabilizers. If you, I did not if you get the three positive outcomes. Okay, I did not get that many. I I think I got I think I got two total. And so I was only able to get I I didn't complete the the quest line of like turning in all the mushrooms to the the kami. Ah, the um, magic ending where you become Rico. Yeah, so I, I mean, I, I, I wasn't able to finish that because, uh, because I, I got on the, the massive spaceship instead. But, um, I was, I was going down that line. Yeah. I feel like that entire storyline was kind of out of place with the rest of the game, <laughs> where they were like the cold realities of being a human and being like a, you know, sleeper. And then also, there's a magic forest that gives you infinite food, and you can become one with it. Like it just doesn't really mesh. Um, oh, yeah, but I, bear I in mind that I... they're all high on mushrooms all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess that. But then also, I feel like it makes sense that in a corporate-driven world, there would just be this like sect of people that are solely like let's just like live off the land and like love one another dude well um <laughs> it's it's actually like a lot more than that so it's leading into one of like the common cyberpunk themes which is like yeah. the machine god essentially right and so they they have a machine god there that's sculpting the land for them and they don't realize it and then you can either become part of the machine god or you can i don't know be a person again still and so it's a it's a common like sci-fi storyline and i thought it fit and it reminded me a bit of the some of the storylines in a, another game i played uh, escape velocity nova as a kid uh, which had a similar like story heavy like kind of visual novel although it had a lot more uh, gameplay content as well 
I was but, gonna say cyberpunk did definitely did not have the uh, plant god i mean so actually it wasn't a plant god but like in the endings where you go off with alt cunningham like she is a machine god as well well yeah i, I mean i don't think that having a machine god is the part that i take issue with it's more that the haifa commune it, it, no, no. I mean, I would love it if that storyline was more about like people deciding to build a commune. It was very just like, in the one side, there's this place of like sadness and poverty and hunger, and then five minutes away, there's infinite food, and it just like didn't really feel like. But di- <laughs> it, it it wasn't infinite food at the beginning though, right? It was um, it was like a wasteland, right, where the the gardener lived yeah the machine gun has turned it into infinite food but like yeah for it's infinite food now (laughs) it does seem like there's it's a bit lacking like you have a path to go over there presumably other people would and yeah it's like look at all this infinite food we should take it and bring it to the the place of poverty Yeah. yeah like if we if it was in the timeline where it wasn't giving you infinite food then it would make more sense but it really sounds like they've solved this problem yeah yeah that's fair. Is it, I mean, is it abundant food or is it infinite across time? Like, I, I don't know that it's actually abundant. Um, I mean, I, I always fed myself over there. Yeah. Um, and at no point did, like, a red clock show up being like, oh, like, the stores are getting low or anything no, like that. No, not, not in that, not in that sense, but, like, there are hundreds of thousands of refugees on the other side oh, or something like no, that. No, it is oh. distinctly finite because like it's yeah. a like fixed mass system. And so actually like one of the things they kind of mention in the refugee plotline is like you're taking water from this system and diminishing its potential. Though right. in terms of like food not maybe not infinite, but like one of the storyline points is like the environment like creates the most optimal mushrooms for you. So like I think right. they could probably solve hunger. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is actually cheaper to feed yourself in the poverty area. <laughs> yeah, some of the mechanics didn't quite translate. <laughs> like, yeah. if I lived in that world and the mechanics were consistent, like, of course I would join that commune. You have to spend 20% of your day working and you get, like, a full meal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. that's a good deal yeah (laughs) but like if you're rich then you spend zero percent of your day working and you just do the things that you want and you just throw money at it right i kind of wish they had like a rich person section in the eye because i feel like i had all this money to spend and i just wanted to be in the commune (laughs) like that had all the cool stuff i mean isn't that kind of the center and you just don't have access to anything that the rich people do Uh... but i was rich (laughs) The center is like spacers, but they're also working class from as far as I could tell. You could buy ship mines and resell them for less than you bought them. I literally almost did that. I was like (laughs) buying stuff for no reason because I was like, what do I do with this cryo? Well, for a bit there, like considering that some of like the first two quest lines I did ask for ship mines. Eventually, I like created the store of like five ship mines. I'm like, now any quest asks me for a ship mine, I've got you. Oh, no. I got you, and it never was asked again. I'm like, yeah, it was only the two, doing? right? I was in yeah. ship mine poverty for a long time. Yeah, that second ship mine took me forever. 
Oh, the first shit mine took me forever. So I just yeah, it was really interesting replaying it because like replaying it, it's so easy. It's like <laughs> you explore the bright market, you find caster, and then you just get it for like I don't know a few hacks. Yeah, I mean that's how I got the first one after I finally explored the market, but like that took me a while. <laughs> um to finally get to that i i kept i was like overloaded with little like dots on the screen and just like didn't get to exploring that market for a while um and i would and i was like buying all of the scrap that i could from the ship that would like come and bring it to you um the cheap one not the expensive one um and I got like one ship mine core, and I was like, "So this is what you have to do. You just have to hope." Um, turns out, that's not what you have to do. <laughs> <laughs> I also for my second one, I had to do the same thing, and then I realized you could just buy them elsewhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, who did you give the first one to? When you buy the scrap, you get ship mine components, and then you can manufacture them. Right. Yeah, I just... I must have gotten unlucky. Yeah, I I had an instance where... um, Like, I didn't realize something was happening in the game, and it took me, like, the entirety of the game to figure it out. But I gave my ship mind to... I think it was Fang, right? That's the ship mind person? No. You either give it to Ankita or Neobend. Okay. Ankita, yeah. I think, was the first one. Um, sorry, I thought it was I thought it was Fang. Is it Fang or Fang? I don't remember the names very well. Yeah, F- Fang is the the guy that's trying to like uncover the Havenage. That person. Okay, so I didn't give him a ship mine because that's not part of the storyline. But I did just lose track of that character for the entire game, and I thought I had like somehow broken it. But I realized Me later. Me too. Okay. Thank you. I just I I couldn't find where where to continue his I like I put on tracking and I went across the entire fucking ship and I was yeah. like there's no little yellow dots and then I went into the cyberspace and I went through and I was like there's no little yellow dots. You have to go into cyberspace and go off to like the very edge of the map which you couldn't really look at before. Oh, yeah. I lost them with the cereal box. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I lost track of that for, like, a little while, but not that long. I guess with the cereal box, I had already uncovered that location, so I was like, oh, I just bring it there. I must have, like, opened that location and then closed it, because it didn't show the tracker. And then mm. at the end of the game, where I was like, surely this person is somewhere, I went there to, like, gamble or whatever, and I was like, oh, another action. But it was literally the last thing I did. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, I don't even need this tracker to be removed anymore. I feel like I was panicking in that quest line when, like, it was, like, after you first confront Harden. And then there's, like, a red clock being, like, Fang has disappeared. Mm -hmm. Like, where could he have gone to? And I thought it was, like, find Fang. (laughs) And it was was before I got the gum box, obviously. But it was, like, because I think you you get the box after that clock completes or something. But I yeah. was like in full panic mode as like the segments ticking down. I'm like, I can't find him. He's gonna die. He's kidnapped. He's in a basement somewhere. <laughs> I can't find him. Like, yeah, <laughs> that that, that was Sabine. a bit of a an antagonistic use of the red clock. Right. I guess they also did it. With, yeah, with Sabine, as you mentioned. 
Yeah, it's like a pattern. They're like, and then your character disappears. Who knows where they went? Like, I had to look up a walkthrough because I was just like, am I missing something? And they're just like, no, you just have to wait for it to expire. It's like, you motherfucker. <laughs> like, why would you do this to me? Did people like the, like, the cycle counter system? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I thought it was cool. I, I thought it was an interesting way to, like, still have a sense of urgency in the game, but also... I don't know. It was just like a nice way to like also if you really want to like gamify things. It was like a good way to like keep track of like when you want to do certain actions or like when you want to check on things for sure. Yeah. Hmm. I think the my only comment about it is like it it felt a little bit awkward that they're like these are clocks. Some of them are about time. Some of them are not. <laughs> when it's like okay, it's a progress bar. <laughs> like right. you don't you don't have to call it a clock. <laughs> Um, but I mean, that was an, an easy thing to get over. So I think it's actually taken from tabletop role playing games, um, where I see there are like clocks that count down, um, various things. I, I, I think it's a, me I, it's a mechanic that I've seen in tabletop role playing games before. Um, and including one, which is in a cyberpunk setting, which is interesting. I wonder if they got inspired by that. Um, where there's like threat clocks and like the more you do stuff and get on the radar of people, the, the threat, the clock goes up. Um, kind of like the doomsday clock in uh, the Cold War. Um, I see. Yeah. So it, it's kind of a convenient thing to measure all these different things all these different uh yeah i mean i liked it too i just wanted to hear everyone's thoughts yeah let's see i guess uh i had a couple more things that i wanted to talk about so one was like i really loved the voice acting in the trailer i thought like the trailer was amazing um there was voice acting in the trailer yeah, yeah. wait what <laughs> <laughs> and so i was a little sad when there was none in the game but like i mean i can understand that this is like not a, a big studio and so maybe they didn't have the resources for more but like um at least what they did do well on the sound side is they like each area had a distinct sound like ambient atmosphere mm. sound mm -hmm. and they did that really well it's so funny that you mentioned that, Raphael, just about, like, voice acting and everything, only because one of, like, my thoughts on, like, ways to make this game better, and we kind of mentioned it at the top of the podcast, but it was, like, I feel like I could, I, I feel like I connected with the characters well, but then it's, like, I feel like if the characters made some sort of voice acting noise similar to Pyre, mm -hmm. in a way, like, whether it's a sigh or, like, an inquisitive sound or something like that like i feel like that would have like just slightly like made the game better in a way like not really even spoken lines like i even feel like if they spoke the lines of the story it probably would have actually like detracted from yeah, the game yeah i agree that just like that those little like sounds and like, they also could have done that with the art like they did in pyre where like they have like slightly different expressions but they're not like redoing the whole artwork for the character um 
the art for the characters in this was great, but there were a couple of points where like they had like a sulky expression, but they were actually being like, yay. <laughs> right. Or like, or it kind of gives it away, right? Like uh, in Ankita's storyline, when she uh, sees uh, Ashton for the first time, like Ashton's cradling this like sleeper in his head, in his <laughs> arms. But it's like before the sleepers even like introduced in the storyline. I'm like, why is he cradling this thing? Oh God, he's in love with this robot. And it's like, you notice that he's cradling a sleeper. I'm like, okay, well, like, <laughs> and this was, I don't know, it was like much further along in the story plot, I guess. Um, but yeah, like, I just feel like uh, that sort of thing could have just really helped improve the game maybe a little bit more than it already is. Like, I, I too really like the story, like the, the artwork and everything. I thought the characters were done well. Like, it, it's such a minor thing, but I just love how much of like, a just creepy scumbag that Harden looks like. He just has this cold, cartoonish <laughs> stare where yeah. you're like, you're fucking evil. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Um, and at the same time, like, I, I really liked, um, like, I really liked Le uh, Lemon Mina's character art a lot. I mm -hmm. thought that was, like, really cute and whatnot. Um, so it, it, it's just kind of one of those things. But I, I think going... But also going into, like, I guess the sound design of this game, like, I feel like there was just a lot of parts of it that were just very, very satisfying to listen to as well. Like, even when it was just, like, clicking an item into a slot, like, that kind of slot sound it makes. And then also, like, when you're holding down the progress bar and it kind of goes to, like, afterwards, you're like, yes, <laughs> complete. <laughs> um, a lot of that was, like, very satisfying. And it really made it feel like you were, like, really making progress in the game or like in a way it kind of like kept me playing a lot mm -hmm. um because i was like hearing that audible progress and it just made me want to play like another cycle another mm -hmm. cycle yeah i had the same experience i think i was on the verge of being annoyed by the survival gameplay but like pressing the buttons was satisfying enough that it didn't like actually bother me yet if this game had been like twice as long though, I think I would have been tired of the survival gameplay. <laughs> I think the the only mechanic that did annoy me a little bit was the uh like progress bar on clicking an action and then you like have a like it's working and it like takes a, a second and a half or something. Uh it was mainly when I had a bunch of data that I wanted to sell. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was annoying. And like having to I... leave when you when you complete something is annoying. That tripped me up a couple times. Yeah. Oh yeah, where things don't really appear until you exit out. Yeah. yeah. Like there were some where it's like continue instead of leave, but then there were others where it's like you had to go out and then back in. Right. Right. Um, but Aside from those few things, and I guess, like, there were a couple of bugs where it, like, showed the wrong character uh, for the text. Um, aside from those, like, I thought the game was really polished, actually. Like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the quality was high. Yeah, I don't think... I, I didn't encounter any bugs on my playthrough. Now, I will say, we have a Mama Steam Tyranny of Thumbs review... Uh, when it oh. comes to rating this game oh. um but one of the things that she did mention um let me see if i can find it she just said 
she said she didn't have a lot of uh criticism but she'd had two instances that got slightly glitchy where it chewed up like two resources and only gave her credit for one so in particular she was growing mushrooms and you need three spores to grow them uh she would put in the third spore but it would still only say two mm. um, and so she said it, it mm. like didn't it wasn't experience ruining it was just like a little irksome mm -hmm. where it was like ah oh, i gotta go waste another die to get another spore <laughs> thanks <laughs> but yeah otherwise i mean i feel like i feel like it was very polished as well yeah um i didn't i guess i didn't have the issue of characters popping up when it's not their dialogue like is it in instances where there's like more than one character talking Raphael, or yeah. was it like yeah, or like you're so... in emphasis stall and bliss is just there. <laughs> uh, there's like I think there's one when you uh, are getting the tickets from Castor and bringing them to Lem and Mina, and uh, Castor's like character art pops up for one of Lem's lines. Um, oh, interesting. And and there were a couple of other instances of that that I found. Um, but I mean it wasn't that big a deal. It's just like hmm. that never that's happened a bug. to me. Yeah. I do I do think it's hilarious like when it like gives the character name and their title um like I think it's not really the writing's fault but like I think when you like encounter Harden for the first time it says something like you see a man you're not quite sure if it's Harden but the character portrait's like Harden <laughs> like, <laughs> and you're like I think it's Harden well, and I was at first I was worried because I'm like is the game gonna do a fast one on me where it's like I'm gonna kill him and then it's gonna be like replace Harden with like question marks being like it wasn't Harden <laughs> like we've tricked you but no for the most part it, everything was all the names were true to the character I suppose Can yeah. I give my? Can I give a garbage take? Wait, what's the? What's it yes, called? Yes, please. Trash, trash, trash take. Trash take. Yeah. Okay, so here's my trash take. Caveat: This is me inserting what I want out of like a different game into this. So it's a trash take. You wanted a dating simulator. I wanted a dating simulator. You no. <laughs> yeah. I I originally, based on the description in the store page, thought it was going to be a lot more survival based, and so I was like ready and excited for like making hard decisions and maybe dying a couple times and like kind of figuring that out and it did kind of make me sad when i reached a point where i wasn't in danger of like dying um that said that's not what this game is actually about the game is about the storylines but it is annoying because the store page really you know sells the survival mechanic portion of it hmm. that's my trash take I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say it was a trash take. I mean, I think I I gave more consideration and serious thought to the actions I wanted to take when I was low on cryo or low on um, condition or energy. Um, like, I was more willing to gamble, like, a two dice on a risky thing you know, just for, like, the slight, like, you know, the slight chance that I might get one energy out of that. Um, whereas I think I was, like, definitely a little bit more reckless when I was, like, 
pretty wealthy on all of those things. You know, I was willing to take a, a hit for energy for three. Like, no problem. Um, yeah, this so might yeah, be because I, mean, I got rich pretty fast. So then the game became more just waiting for cutscenes. Right. Yeah, like, it needs to have that sort of... Like, I, I do think that the game was actually fairly well-balanced for, like, beginning and even mid-gameplay. I think yeah. it's just definitely when it gets to the late game, you definitely just kind of... I, I feel like saying going through the motions sounds very, like, reductive towards, like, the story of this game and everything. But, like, it did kind of seem like it was just, like, oh, I'm going to wake up, I'm going to just throw these actions out here, go to bed just so I can get to the next you know, the next wheel or the next clock or whatever. Mm -hmm. oh, I feel so supported. I expected no one to agree with me. <laughs> but yes, Your I Your trash take is trash. <laughs> Do a better one. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, I, I agree as well. Um, I mean, I think I maybe experienced a longer period of scarcity. Uh, just like, I think it probably has to do with like what particular pattern you take through exploring the areas and starting the quests. And for me, like doing Bliss's quest line at the same time, uh, it was like in the middle of after I'd used the first two like free stabilizers. And then I was like, oh no, I don't have money to buy another stabilizer. And I just gave away my hundred credits to Bliss. <laughs> uh, so that, that was really rough. But like after I got through that, like, there was a point where I had 1,500 cryo, and I was just like, I guess I better throw this die into Tavla um, because it's the most efficient thing, and then go to sleep to progress the clock. Huh. I, I feel like I didn't really have that many of those, but maybe I was super inefficient. <laughs> you probably played the game as it was intended to be played. That's right. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that this game is designed to be played, not optimized, mm -hmm. um, which I think was a conscious choice that they made. Um, and I think they did a good job um, doing that. And, like, does it leave some something to be desired for, like, players who enjoy the optimization? Yeah, absolutely. But if you're just kind of... If you're if you're not trying to do that, then then it it hits this like I think effective like feeling like your resources are being stressed um, while still providing them to you when you basically need them, um, which I think feels really good. So should yeah. we rate this bad boy? Uh, I did want to call out one other thing, oh, which yeah. is that the. Uh developer also has another game that they've published uh or released called in other waters and so actually i found out about it when i saw the trailer for citizen sleeper and i saw that they had done that and i, I played that one too before this uh and the writing quality in there is also really great wow. um it's a little less like branching separate storylines um and it's also got like a kind of interesting game mechanic um, as well. So if you like the writing and you want more, then 
check it check it out I have immediately wish listed. <laughs> I really like the writing in this game a yeah, lot. For and sure. yeah, it's got like a, a similar like focus on the writing and the atmosphere. Um, yeah. Similar to games you've played, Outer Wilds and Prey? Question mark? <laughs> um. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. But yeah. Let's rate All it. right, let us go ahead. Cameron, do you need a rundown for the rating system? Absolutely. Or are you good? Okay, so rating system is as follows. Actually, McCoy, McCoy's not home. We can do what we want. Um, <laughs> so what we can do, uh, usually it is one thumb down, no thumbs, meaning meh, one thumb up, two thumbs up, or a gold star which is like your creme de la creme and if you really want to tilt mccoy you will do fractal thumbs so you'll do like one and a half uh-huh. or he really likes it if you do like 3.1 thumbs or <laughs> yeah, something that's his like big that favorite. is what seven about, like... thumbs up better than a gold star or is a gold star <sighs> infinite thumbs Ooh. up these are the important questions that we need to ask <laughs> the the thing is, where are you getting the thumbs? Are you just taking other people's thumbs, like with a knife, or they're free range, cage free, organic thumbs? Okay, with the whole person attached. <laughs> uh, I don't know which ones are they more. ethically removed. <laughs> yeah, they're ethically removed. There's ethically no removed thumb thumbs. Okay, wait, wait, it's wait, a small batch. Another valid option is two thumbs down, although it is used pretty sparingly craft thumbs <laughs> <laughs> all right with that cameron you can start pondering okay. do you guys want to hear mama steam's review of this sure. to yes. start us out yeah. with okay so i will say over the weekend uh cameron in case you don't know mama steam is my mother Ah. Uh, we call her Mama Steam because whenever we play a game for the podcast, the game mysteriously goes on sale. Uh, we think it's her doing. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why we call her Mama Steam. Um, but anyway, she was she was bored over the weekend. So she texted me being like, I'm so bored. And I said, hey, I'm playing this game for the podcast. You should play it too and give me your thoughts. And so this is her long text that she sent me. Well, first of all, she's like, I'm not a video game critic quite like you professionals, so I don't think I'll do well. And I was like, A, we're not professionals. Two, every opinion's valid, so just send me your thoughts. This is the wonderfully eloquent essay that she sent that's going to trump any of our reviews. You ready for this? Okay. So she said, my official rating is two thumbs up. Things I like. One. The story is super compelling and I found myself playing just one mo- more cycle to advance it because I cared a lot about my robot human. I lost sleep playing way too late in the evening. Number two, there were some clear bad guys, of course, but also other humans with plain human flaws. I didn't always trust the right people and things then went badly for my guy. Kind of like real life. Three, but real relationships could also be made and then mutual help and support was available. That was super gratifying. Four, prioritizing and resource management was massive in this game. I like those things in games. Five, controls were easy, and once you got the gist and rhythm of the game, it was easy to play. 
And then six, the music was perfect, nice and in the background, never distracting or annoying, just always there for atmosphere. Saying it again, this game was perfect. Nice. Mm. That's adorable. That's a great review. Wait, I was going to say, perfect, and I was just like, not yeah, a, she gold didn't give it a gold star. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I should ask her what her gold star game, her gold star standard games are, but I guess we wouldn't. I just respond saying, you say you aren't a professional game critic. And I said, <laughs> give me a break. But anyway, there you have it. The first official TOT Mama Steam review on this podcast three years later. <laughs> <laughs> well, Thanks, it's going to be really Steam. hard to, like, you know, follow that up. I know. She set the bar high. Uh, so, you know, as a result, James. You oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Actually, I'll, uh, I'll go. I, I guess I'll follow after Mama Steam. How, how, how does that sound? As uh, as her daughter, okay. I could follow. All right. And uh, be the disappointment of a child I've always been for her. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> we've, we've, hit a, we've hit a vein here. No. <laughs> it's totally fine. I'm not bitter. <laughs> anyway. Um, I'm just going to echo Mama Steam's sentiments and just say uh, I'm also going to give this game a two thumbs up. Um, I, I keep on saying like this is the cyberpunk I wish I got. Um, although I think it begs the question of like would this game do as well if not in the visual novel novel format that it is now? Like I feel like if you make this a first person shooter like the game immediately just like downgrades in value because I mm -hmm. think just what makes this game just amazing is just the, the writing um, in itself. Um, and then as we said like the still vignettes without the voice acting I feel like you know was a great positive for this game as a opposed to like you know needing to be improved um but i just said uh this game is very fun and engaging to play uh despite the simplicity of mechanics you know i feel like i look at these games and i'm like oh, it looks boring but i was also kind of one of those people that was like oh just one more run one more run one more cycle um and it's just a great way to consume what is essentially a novel in video game form it's kind of like one of those things of like this is why video games are just so cool um, mechanics were fun, easy to understand, um, and, you know, art style, sound design, music, all of that paired together was just very satisfying. And I just also really loved uncovering the stories of all the eyes inhabitants. Like, I think the one that I just really loved, as simple as it was, was Empress's storyline. Um, mm. I just really loved going to that stall and, you know watching this guy cook and telling him stories and him feeding me and I don't know like that sort of thing as simple as it was like I just it was written in such a beautiful way that just really made me connect with that character in ways that I feel like other writing and video games couldn't really express um and so, like, as a result like it's not necessary after you complete emphasis storyline but I just like always made a made an opportunity to like eat at his stall for energy gain because i had the might to do so and i'm like i'm never gonna abandon my boy emphas like i'm never gonna abandon him um and i just think that it's like really amazing so like big big props to the writer in this game like he he did an absolutely amazing job um at just making these characters come to life um 
And it's going to be like one tough act to follow, you know, especially when we go to our visual novel dating sim block. Um, and we have to like <laughs> suffer through the writing that's going to go through there. Uh, but yeah, so two thumbs up. That's what I'm going to do. And now, James, we can pass on to you. All right. So, yeah, when I was describing this game to other people, I uh, I said it was a book you can lose. Um, but, like, in a good way. <laughs> um, it, I think that this is some of the best writing that I've seen in, in a video game. Um, I, um, and I think that the, the way that the writing was delivered was actually fantastic. Um, I enjoyed the, the, um, the kind of light mechanics of, of role-playing and, um, I think that actually for me, um, the, the fact that most of the decisions kind of were ended up in the same place is probably a good thing because I think it allowed the writers to build a curated experience that actually could have decent pacing and mean something to you. Um, or to me, um, I think that most like your decisions matters games have none of that. Um, and, um, this one did, um, I cried, um, in a good way, uh, at, at the ending that I got. Um, and, uh, just the overall experience of playing the game was really phenomenal. I'm going to give this a gold star. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. Definitely a gold star game for me. Yeah. Um, and I'll leave it there. And uh, instead of throwing shade on other video games like I was about to do, uh, and I'll pass it do on it. to you. Do it. Uh, Throw the shade. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, to the moon gets bogged down in all of the the shit that um, they're forced to deal with in um, RPG Maker, and um, and it's worse. So there. I mean, like, oh, I, them's I, fighting words. Wait I, a minute. Like... <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> I, I mean, like, full. I think that the the writing in this game is better, and I think that the fact that you don't have to deal with all of the terrible, like, movement mechanics um, are a huge plus for this game compared to that. So there. Can you imagine if they made, like, a little 3D rendering of your character that you had to walk around the eye in in this game? Like Yeah, by, like, holding the direction buttons yeah, like no, no, and no. just like tank, getting tank controls tank, tank controls, controls like, right yeah oh my God. <laughs> and, and like just getting section. stuck on random shit <laughs> yeah. it would be so awful uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um yeah 
So um, I guess do we go to Cameron now? Sure. Yep. Oh. Let's go to Cameron. Okay. So you want to go last. Well, I don't know. I don't know what the like etiquette is for this, but well, I'll the rule go. is usually like the person that brought up the game goes last. And Got I, it. I guess I brought this one up, so Okay. So I mean the writing is very good. I think in terms of like the weak points of the game, the mechanics of it were probably the weak point. It still was enjoyable for the vast majority of the game, but like they weren't that enjoyable to me. And towards the end they became more of a like time filler. Still not unpleasant, but more of a time filler. Um the also like the way that mechanics kind of allowed for the story to progress made things kind of disjointed feeling, even though there was a lot of like references to the various storylines across each storyline. It still kind of felt like I was like, now I'm doing this story. Now I'm doing this story. Um, so I would love to see like maybe the third game that this uh, developer makes kind of leans more into the writing. That'd be cool. Because um, yeah, I think like the mechanics generally detracted from the strong point of the game. So I'm going to give it a 1.75 hmm. stars. Oh. Or not stars. <laughs> Thumbs up. <laughs> or stars. Let's really tilt McCoy. <laughs> 1.75x. Um, but okay. still, I really enjoyed it, and I like enjoyed the time I spent with it. Um, just, yeah, not as much as other games, I guess. Hmm. Hmm. Alrighty. Uh, yeah, so I mean, I think a lot of the things about this game have been said. Uh, I, I did want to say, like, in terms of the writing and it being, like, a visual novel, I think, like, actually it works better as a game than it would as a book, and that's, like, really due to the the interactivity and i don't know like the like the decisions don't actually affect things that much aside from the few like critical uh points um but they they're important in that they they give you the appearance of like being involved and that really makes an emotional difference in how the story comes across and so i think that was really well done and it was in just the right place uh like kind of as james said uh the fact that it doesn't create all these branching points means that the the writer can really focus on the one story and make it really good um and i think that that worked out really well i'm a little bit torn on like whether to give this two thumbs or one star because uh, to some extent like the the mechanics part wasn't uh that engaging to me um maybe not to the degree that that cameron said uh but um I'm I'm kind of thinking of other other games that like do similar things like Pyre, um, as I said, like the actual gameplay of that one interleaves with the story in this really neat way, so that they actually kind of bolster each other. Like you you have extra emotions feeding into the Pyre rituals that you're doing, and then like from the story, and then from the Pyre rituals and the tournament format, like that's amping up the story as well. Um, and in Escape Velocity it's like it kind of similar in that the the gameplay of uh you're like flying a spaceship around and delivering goods and you get this like i'm a freelancer but then also you get engrossed in these stories and they they build off of each other in this really interesting way and i'm not sure that citizen sleeper managed to do that as well uh the story or the gameplay ends up feeling more like a container for the story than something that um really bolsters it so I think for me, I'm going to leave it at two thumbs, but it's a very strong two thumbs. 
you coward. You can also do fractions. <laughs> no. I, I his, th his thumbs have been working out. They're very strong thumbs. They mm. lift out like at least 10 pounds. <laughs> well, perfect. Well, with All that, right. as I stare at this I've been staring at this picture of this gelatinous hamburger Me too. that James has put on the yeah. Discord for like way too long. You're now. welcome. I, I actually I timed it. I've been staring at it for an hour. Good. <laughs> I'm gonna delete it. <laughs> You're no, gonna don't. delete Perfect. it. No. Up oh, there you go. Rest in peace. <laughs> now you, you can <laughs> stare at the gelatinous What what even is the other thing? I don't know. Is it a cat? A dog? A caterpillar? I guess it's, I think it's, it's, a, a, I think it's a lamb. Yeah. If a anyone lamb. is still listening, this is a picture of aspic, which is like yeah. gelatin with a hamburger. Inside. I will put a picture on the Instagram this week it's along like Jello, with the Citizen but not Sleeper sweet. title card. Jello with miscellaneous other foods like, inside of it. Inside yeah, of it. A hamburger is not supposed to be inside of it. This is a innovation. <laughs> this is a perturbation of of the rules. Yeah. Sorry, it's and a it rail. might help you gain gain two energy in Citizen Sleeper. <laughs> Who knows? Hey. Can you imagine? But yeah. All right. So. All right. Thank you, Cameron, for joining us on this episode. Of we course. Thank you for We'll hear more of you in the future. <gasps> yeah. It'll be very exciting. Sneak peek. Foreshadowing. <laughs> Foreshadowing. Mm. Um, but yeah, next week we'll be playing uh, Mutazion, which is another one of Raphael's picks that... I don't know. I'm excited to play. We'll see what it's all about. Yeah. So until then, I say before we make this awkward, let's sign off now and hit that stop button. What all right. Say? Transition. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the tyranny of thumb.